we'll just start right here. This will be perfect. All right. Okay. So welcome back, everybody, to another episode of the Thrive After Sports Podcast. Great to be back with you for another episode. We got a special guest in the building, as always. I'm here with Aaliyah Brown, also known as A Breezy, the one and only. What's up, A Breezy? How you doing? Hey, Todd. I'm doing great. Hey, great to have you here. Thanks for taking some time to do this. Um, for everybody listening, as always, if you are a current, a former athlete, a parent, the coach of an athlete, a sibling, friend, if you know a former athlete who's struggling or you are an, uh, an athlete yourself, a former athlete or current athlete, we do have resources available. You guys already know what I do with Thrive After Sports. Otherwise, you wouldn't be listening to the show. But I want to give a quick shout out to Athlete Soul for allowing Aaliyah and I to work together. Um, we have a bunch of free resources available. So reach out to Athlete Soul. Reach out to me. I can get you connected. We want to make sure... We're changing the game for transitioning athletes one step at a time. Um, Aaliyah, it's been such a great time working with you. It's, man, it just kind of flew by, to be honest it with you. Those two <laughs> um, but Aaliyah is a former Hooper. What position did you play again? I forgot what position I played. I played shooting guard. Uh-oh. All right. Watch out now. Big baller. <laughs> all right. All right. Um, so Aaliyah... Aaliyah, why don't you just introduce yourself? Because I could give this long, drawn out intro, but how do you introduce yourself to people these days? Um, I'm Aaliyah Brown. Um, everybody up until college called me Brownie just because my last name and I'm a little chocolate. So, um, <laughs> <laughs> but I, you know, I started playing basketball sixth grade. Uh, luckily, I was able to get a scholarship to George Washington University, um, originally from Houston. GW is in DC, so I went to school out of state, loved it. Right after that, um, I took two years to get my master's in athletic training because I still wanted to be around athletes. After that, um, it's been five years and I've been teaching since then. I do special education and coaching. I coach basketball. That's right. And then so when you left GW, mm -hmm. like I know you said you got it in uh in training. It was athletic training, right? Yeah, athletic so training. What Let's talk about that because I, me included, so many people graduate with a major and don't even end up using it, at least not directly. Yes. <laughs> what like what was the case for you? Like when you walked across the stage, you went out into the real world, as we say. What happened from there? Um. Well, once I left Gita, honestly, I was even lucky to get into grad school because I was scrambling because I thought I wanted to be a physical therapist and with the clinicals and the hours, like there was no way that you could do sports and like pre-PT. So I just used athletic training as a second option. But honestly, I didn't even figure that out until like two months before graduation. I just, I didn't really have a plan. I thought my plan A was gonna work 100%. So um, yeah, I got into athletic training, honestly, by accident um, because I had to like, just scramble to see what I wanted to do. I didn't have a job lined up. Nobody really talked about that stuff. So I was just winging it and I got lucky. The school accepted me. I loved it. And then um, I just been in sports since then. Mm -hmm. Isn't that so crazy how, you know, all of us at the age of like 18, 17, 18, going into college, we're just expected to know Mm -hmm. what we want to do with the rest of our lives and there's not really that guidance it's just kind of like hey pick what you want these are some majors we have but nobody's helping you get clear on what you want to do you know right and then when you have friends who aren't athletes and you see them taking internships that you can't take because you have summer workouts or you know certain things like that so 
it's a little difficult because you look at non-athletes and you're like, man, they have all this time to network and talk to people and things like that. But that's something that I wish we, you know, they put a little bit more emphasis on as athletes. How do you talk to non-athletes or find connections that are not related to athletics? Um, so, yeah. And then so going into grad school, right, um, how did you decide like what you wanted your major to be there? I know you said athletic training was kind of towards the tail end of undergrad, but how did you know or did you know going into like grad school what the major was going to be? I just knew that I wanted to be around athletes. I knew physical therapy um, because everybody knows what a physical therapist is, but a lot of people don't always know what an athletic trainer is. So I just it was just the little sister of PT and it was honestly, it was the only school that accepted me. So I just went with it. Mm. And how did you end up like talk about the teaching? Cause I know that was something that from our early conversations, you told me it was mm -hmm. something that um, there was a whole backstory behind that. How did you end up in the world of teaching? Honestly, similar to how I ended up in athletic training. Like I got to the tail end of athletic training and I'm waiting to pass my test and I, I always have a plan B. So teaching was my plan B because in athletic training, when you're in high schools, sometimes they require you to teach. So teaching was my backup plan. Athletic training, I didn't end up passing the test, but I passed my teaching certification. And that's mm -hmm. how I got into teaching slash coaching because it was what worked. Right. Yeah, what about, uh, like, were you missing basketball at all during that time? I mean, do you miss it now sometimes? I know you're around it in a sense, but do you miss actually competing? Um, competing, yes, because it's, it's just always in you. Like, no matter how, you know, laid back and chill you are, when you step on that court, it just kind of, like, brings up those old feelings. But I didn't really miss it in grad school because you're still around other sports and athletes. So being around a team was super important to me so I had that and then that's why I went into coaching while teaching because I was just like I gotta do something like I know I can teach well if I'm teaching the kids I can also teach them basketball so it's a win-win mm, so staying around it is something that really helped you um, to deal with the fact that you were no longer able to put the jersey mm -hmm. on and put some buckets up that's right. what you're saying mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Because then you just kind of see the different side. Like, even though I'm not playing, like, now I see what my college coaches were looking at with film or, like, the logistics side of things. So even though I wasn't hooping, I was still learning about another side of basketball. And, like, I love learning something new. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm curious. So this makes me want to ask you something else. Like, I don't know if you've, you've seen this with among your peers and maybe, like, the women that you competed with. Um, like some people, like in your case, staying around the game and like you said, seeing the game from a different angle, like mm -hmm. really helped you cope um, or not yeah. cope, but just helped you like not have that missing basketball so much because you were still immersed. And yeah. I think that's great. Right. And I think. Do you think that some people. Um, how do I want to word this? Like some people can hinder their progress in life. Not for you. You just lay that out. Clearly, it's not the case. But some people, like, if they stay around the sport, like, example, I know a lot of athletes go back into coaching because mm -hmm. it's comfortable. It's all they know. And they don't really take the time to explore other things that they might want to do. 
and it ends up like hindering them. And then they still miss the game anyway, you know? Yeah. Um, did you see that with anybody that you play with or do you know anybody like that? Um, not necessarily. Um, but some of the people that I hung out with, they're still playing, you know, some are still playing overseas or, you know, in the WNBA and some are coaching in high school, but I would say I haven't really noticed that because so far the women, there's not a lot of, when men come home from overseas, they have all these summer leagues, all these, you know, opportunities to play women don't have that so the women that I'm around who I played against they're looking to build that for younger kids and so I don't really see anybody around me that has hindered or like slowed down because they're like or holding themselves back because they just want to be around basketball like either they're playing or they're trying to find a way to expand the game mm -hmm. You know, you have such a, like, um, of all the people I've worked with, of all, even people, like, that I haven't worked with before, I grew up with playing ball. Mm -hmm. You're one of the, like, you have such a peaceful, it seems like you came to peace with the fact that you were no longer competing really quickly. Like, did you have aspirations to go play overseas or in the WNBA or anything like that? Okay. No, <laughs> um, but my experience, I dealt with a coaching change, and mm -hmm. nobody ever talked about that or, like, you see people decommit all the time because their coach change. And so that's what happened with me. So I had a really hard time adjusting to the new coach and the system. And it was just a lot that I wanted to take a mental break from basketball. So it, it didn't hit me as hard that I wasn't playing anymore because I was okay. Mm. Like you wanted to get away from it because of the coaching changes and all this stuff that comes with competing at that level. Yeah. And so, um, my coach changed the summer going into my freshman year. So I got recruited by this one set of coaches. I came in for summer workouts, a totally different set of coaches. And so I didn't, I didn't, I didn't realize basketball was a business. I thought it was, if you're good, you just play. Or like, if you work hard, you just play. I didn't understand that there are so many other things that go into it. And so I struggled in athletics in college. So when I got out of college, I was like, you know what? I just want to take a break. And you know what, Avery, I appreciate you going there because a lot of people don't, you don't hear that side of it, you know? Um, like, I don't know if I've even shared this with you, but I kind of fell out of love with football because of the same reasons. Like you mm -hmm. see the business, you see the coaching changes and all that type of stuff yeah. and everything that comes with that. And it almost like you, I mean, we'll always love the game that we play, but you almost like, you don't, when you're not enjoying it, like you say, you need that little bit of a break. Mm -hmm. um, how did you, now, now, now I see where you're coming from. That makes a lot more sense. You're like, man, yeah. I'm done with this. I need a break from all this, all the yeah. badness. <laughs> um, but the other part of it is like, how did you deal with the fact that you were no longer, um, like from an identity perspective, that you were no longer a basketball player, personally, even though you were coaching and you were around it? Um. I will honestly say it didn't hit me until I would say about this year, because um, a lot of the girls that I played with, we still come home and hoop in the summertime. So like I was still getting picked up to play in leagues in the summer or I'm still playing. And so this year was the first year that I didn't really get picked up. You know, everybody has kids and getting older who are my age group. So it's been difficult adjusting. I'm like, okay, well, 
I relied on basketball for cardio. Now, how do I work out? Or like, how do I stay in shape? So it's hitting me now because I have to think differently. I can't work out the same, you know? So it is a little hard. Mm-hmm. What are you, is, you mean hard just in terms of like keeping in shape or just having the structure and the routines or more so like an identity too? Mm-hmm. I would say everything um, because everything. I'm used to, you know, when you get home and you know, you're gonna hook up with your girls to hoop, like that's your identity. Like I'm still part of a team. I know we're gonna run the courts and people are still gonna like cheer us on like the old days, but I don't have that anymore. And then as far as staying in shape, you don't have to think about a workout plan with basketball. You just run and gun. You can run four or five games and that's your exercise. So now I have to actually learn about myself and my body. And okay, if I'm gonna work out lifting weights, I have to study it. I can't just go in the weight room. We had weight room coaches in college, but I have to do it myself now. So it's just, it's just all different. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. No, let's st- this is good. I'm glad we're going here. I want to stay on this for a second because a lot of people, that's one of the main things, as you know. And I don't think we really talked about this. You and I, during our calls, we spent more time with like career and kind of like yeah. where you're going, maybe some internal or emotional stuff, but not so much like the physical side. Like, so now that it's starting to hit you, and I'm all hearing this, you know, I'm hearing this in real time too. This is my first time. Like, how do you start to put those systems and processes in place with like learning your body and figuring out how to exercise now that you can't do it as much on the court? Um, it's just, I don't know. It just like when you, I, okay, this is what I figured out about myself during the season, basketball season, I was eating really, really bad. And so when you look at yourself in the mirror, you don't always see the differences or like the weight gain. But when clothes stop fitting a certain way, <laughs> then it's like, all right, let, let, me, <laughs> let me change some things. <laughs> so it seems superficial, but that's how I knew. I was like, man, these clothes not fitting the same. Let me, let me reevaluate some things. Okay, I'm not playing basketball, but I could still go to the gym. I could still work out. I could still like, stretch run but there are other ways for me to do it and now I have to make that important so that's like adding some self-care like instead of thinking of it as exercise all right this is self-care I'm taking care of myself and my body you know what I eat what I drink everything so it's just Mm -hmm. a different mindset similar to going from being a player to a coach and seeing the behind the scenes I'm learning the behind the scenes of myself right now. Mm, that's a great analogy. Check you out. The behind the <laughs> scenes of myself. That was a bar. When is the mixtape coming out? <laughs> when is the mixtape coming? Okay. It just kind of slipped out. Okay. Okay. No, that was good. That was really good. Um, let's move to this because I know that I believe I reached out to you on LinkedIn, right? I saw we had some mm-hmm. mutual friends. Okay. Yeah. So for anybody listening, like, if you're like, why is this dude reaching out to me out the blue? That's like how I spend a part of every day. Cause I, mm-hmm. I think about it like this, Leah. I don't know if I've shared this with you, but like, for me, I wish I had somebody reach out to me and be like, Hey, so how you doing now that you're no, no longer competing and how can I help? Right. Right. And also like, I'm not going to charge you for it. Like I, you know, we got some stuff that can help you out for the love or for free. Yeah. Right. So I do that on a daily basis. I take some time. I kind of, you know, I go into the suggested friends. And if I see someone like yourself, who's a former athlete, and I look at what they're doing now, and I'm like, if that was me, I could probably use some help. 
but yeah, so I reached out to you because we had some mutual friends and um, we ended up chopping it up a little bit, just going back and forth on Messenger. And like, I, I, when we started working together, well, first of all, what had you even want to do the program besides the fact that it was, you know, there were scholarships available through athletes. So what had you wanted to do some work? I just thought, why not? And up until this point in my life, like things find me when they're supposed to. So mm. I just figured like, you know what, this seems too good to be true because I was just talking about how I wanted to change some things and now Taj is messaging me like out the blue. So I was just like, okay, let me give it a try because yeah, I did a really good job getting myself to where I'm at now, but I need help, you know, going further. So let me see what this is about. Mm -hmm. What did you feel like was, um, at least at the very beginning, uh, what are some of the things that you felt like you needed the most help with? Or like, what were you struggling with? Um, I would just say like, what is... Okay, so I know I have a high motor, like I just go, 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 go. And I just, I just felt like I really needed somebody to like bounce my ideas off of or like a non-biased person to just kind of talk about because like my parents didn't play sports. Like they don't know what it's like to transition after everything. Like my brother's going through it right now, but nobody talks about any of it so I just figured like let me just reach out to him I have some thoughts of what I want to do he seems really like experienced in this area so why not like I just there was nobody else that could help me so when you reached out I was just like okay like let me just take a take a risk mm -hmm. uh, that's that's good feedback and I appreciate that because like I said everything that that I'm on a mission to do with Thrive After Sports. Everything that Athlete Soul is doing is mm -hmm. for that exact reason. Where, like you said, you want to have someone in your corner who's actually been through it. Sometimes your parents can't help. Sometimes, you know, people will work with me or work with someone from Athlete Soul and they'll have a therapist also. Mm -hmm. Like they'll be working with a therapist, but that therapist didn't compete at a high level yeah. all the time. So they don't understand. So that was a good point that you bring up. And so um, a good example is that like, in my area, a lot of people do know me for do for playing basketball and whatnot. And so my parents are always pushing me like, oh, go be a head coach. But I don't want to be a head coach. And one of the conversations that me and you had, it was, it's okay that my vision isn't everybody else's vision. And so things like that are things that I needed to hear because to my parents or outside looking in, being a head coach is, you know, everyone's dream that's what they think but when you're involved in sports like it, it's a different mindset and so just to have somebody there that understands was like a sigh of relief mm. yeah what um I know before we, we started recording you were talking about another one of the things you had to overcome was like being a perfectionist or learning how to celebrate yourself which I still mm -hmm. struggle with to this day so I know where you're yeah. coming from on that but what other things do you feel like um you know, throughout the course of the program, some things that you overcame internally or even like in your external world as far as how you were able to apply it career-wise and stuff like that? Um, it was towards the end, but we started talking about like just kind of setting healthy boundaries or like it's okay to say no or there are ways to, you know, 
put your boundaries there without offending people. And so that really, really helped me because I don't say no, you know, I, you need me to work practice. Yeah, I can work practice. I'm free. Like I will work myself to death because I'm capable of doing it and I know I can do it. And so that's why I had to overcome being perfect. Like, yes, I can do this, but does this fit my boundary? And if it doesn't, I have to be okay with saying no and it's okay to relax sometimes. That was deep. I don't want that to go any go over anybody's head because what you just said is so key. <laughs> it's so like you, it's almost like you had to set the boundaries for yourself first mm -hmm. so that you could know what boundaries you were and weren't willing to accept, what helps you, which helped you with setting boundaries with other people. Right. Um, like you just made me think of something that's deep because like we're capable of being workhorses because we competed mm -hmm. and that was our lifestyle for so many years. And so sometimes if we're not careful, we'll, you know, work ourselves into the ground yeah. or allow other people to do it, like you said. So man, that's good. That's good. What else, what else do you feel like came from? Um, well, let me ask you this. What do you, what would you say was the biggest thing that you have had to overcome recently or during the course of, you know, the couple months that we were working together? It would be having the patience to let everything work out. I like to have my hands in a lot of things and make sure everything goes perfectly. But like with the situation, you know, I do have a school very interested in me, but I haven't signed a contract yet. I'm not worried, but old me would want to like constantly email and like, hey, when is it getting done? X, Y, Z, like just be a pest about it. But if you put in the work, you know, everything's going to work out. Even if it's not what you ideally wanted it to be, something else is going to happen, you know? So that's probably one of the biggest things that I've had to overcome is be patient and just watch everything work around you. Man, this is turning, like, I knew this was going to be good. Because <laughs> I'm telling you, like, while you're sharing these things, so many things are going off in my mind, even from like personal experience. And I know people tuning in will be able to get a lot from it too. Um, like, something you just brought up right now. I think it's because we have the same personality test, which yeah. uh, personality type, we discovered that when we took the personality test. What you just said about like the patience, right? Like doing the work is no problem. We have no problem doing the work, creating opportunities, you know, opening doors for ourselves. But how do you balance the patience? Like, how do you find the patience where it's like, okay, I lay my head on the pillow at night. I know I've done everything I could do for that day, but I still feel like I could have done more. Mm -hmm. I want to do more. Why isn't this happening as fast as I wanted to? Other people are moving as fast as I want to. How do yep. you balance the patience with the work? I just have to know that I've done enough. And so talking to you, you know, over the eight weeks of the program, it let me know that my standards can be extremely high. So like to me, you know, reaching out or sending out an email to the company boss that I, I want to apply to, like that's natural to me. But you let me know that, hey, that's a lot of people don't do that. And I didn't I didn't realize that because I'm I always work at such a high motor. So realizing that what I think is my baseline is actually a lot of people's high like bar let me know that okay I can relax more because just because you know I thought I was doing the bare minimum but you let me know that 
hey, you're going above and beyond. So I just have to know that, okay, I did what I could do. That's above and beyond what most people would do. So let me just sit back and take a little time to myself and give me a time frame. I think you taught me that. Like, all right, you know, if I don't hear anything back within four days, reach back out. If I don't hear anything else after that, it's not meant for me. And I just try to keep it simple now. Mm. You, you mentioned the motor, right? The motor that keeps you going. And um, mm -hmm. now that I think about it, because now I'm sitting here reflecting over, even from like the first week, you already had opportunities lined up that you were putting yourself out there for, and they just continued to pour in. Yeah. And you were just going after it. So with that motor, like, I don't want to call it failure because it's not failure. Like if something doesn't work out or somebody doesn't mm -hmm. get back to you, that's out of your control. But how do you handle like bouncing back from a, what could be perceived as a loss, a loss, even if it's not a loss, how do you, how do you get yourself to bounce back from that? Uh, I don't know if this is, I, it's not bad, but I don't know the word that I'm looking for, but if I have a lot going on, like, searching for jobs, those can be hit or miss. I always have something that I know I can get. And that's like my plan D, but my plan D I'm okay with. Even though I didn't get the first three, I made sure that, hey, this is in my roster because I know I can handle it. Like it's not plan D because it's at the bottom of the barrel. I just know I can get this, but I'm still gonna apply for higher positions. So those higher positions fall through, cool, I got this. It's almost like when they say like shoot for the moon, but if you don't get it, like you land on stars or something. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So that's kind of just what I do. Like I go for the, you know, I reach for the stars and do what I can do. If those don't work out, hey, I got a little nugget in my back pocket that I know like is going to be a win for me. And so that's just what I do. Yeah, that's one thing about you back to that motor always has something lined up. Mm -hmm. Oh, well, this fell through, or I didn't hear back from this person yet, but guess what? I got this in motion. Yeah. I already put this play in motion. Uh, so with all those different opportunities, and, you know, there was countless opportunities that you created. Let's not let, you know, let's be clear about that. It's not <laughs> like they fell on your lap. Every single thing that was presented to you as an opportunity was because you created it and you put yourself mm -hmm. in position. So with all those opportunities, the ones that didn't work out, the ones that did, where are you at now? Like, what's what's next? What are you working on? You gave me some good news as soon as we jumped on here. Like, <laughs> what's what's the situation now? Um, the situation is one of those, you know, shoot for the moon, land on the stars. You know, I knew that this was something I could get, but you know, I want to apply for other things. And I guess you know, God just blessed me, and my plan B actually ended up being better than my plan A could have ever been. And so um, I'm really excited. I hope the opportunity does work out, which then will allow me to look into some of the other things that me and you talked about, like with working with that one AAU coach to kind of like coordinate camps and organize things because now I don't have to coach. I don't have to coach to make sure all my bills are paid. I can just teach and explore some opportunities that we talked about and kind of hone in on that. Mm -hmm. Something that even though I'm not coaching, that was a conscious decision to free up my time. But even though I'm not coaching, something that was important to me was actually getting friends that aren't 
athletes. I know that happens in college, you know, when you're trying to get those group projects and stuff, you're like, all right, let me go with somebody that's not an athlete. <laughs> so, <laughs> so we can actually get done. <laughs> yeah. So I was like, you know what, let me, let me like go off on my own. Yes, I can coach. I'm really good at it. I love doing it, but I actually need time to like make other friends because those are going to open up opportunities that I'm, I'm not even thinking about right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's that's great. And by the way, congratulations on that new opportunity. I know you're still waiting Thank to, you. for the ink to dry on that. But yeah, once again, that was a position you put yourself in. Like you said, it enables you to not have to coach if you don't want to. It allows you to have something where you, like you said, you don't have to rely on coaching to pay your bills and mm-hmm. it opens you up for other opportunities in future endeavors. Um, yeah. And with those future endeavors, like I know one of the things, one of your your goals um, is to put some sort of women's league in motion, right? Mm-hmm. Talk a little bit about the importance of that, like to you, what's, what's that all about? To me, it's just equal competition. So what I see is, a lot of girls want to compete, you know, they want to compete, they want to hoop, but there aren't a lot of gyms out there that offer it, you know, and they'll be like, oh, you know, come to open gym, but it's not consistent because it's just not, it's not talked about enough. And I mean, you kind of see with like the WNBA, how they're kind of fighting for just kind of like equal recognition or at least a little bit more recognition is very similar on a lower level scale. Like, men come home and there are pro leagues, summer leagues, like money tournaments, all types of things. And then you get to the girl's side and you can't even find an open gym, Mm -hmm. you know? So I just want to offer a space to where they can compete all year and they know where it's going to be at. That that comes natural to men. They know on Thursdays at 24 hour fitness at 6 PM, everybody going to be there. So I just want to create those communities with the girls. And so they just have a safe space. Mm-hmm. what's the uh because like here's where I want to go with this question because some people mm-hmm. they might have similar aspirations like to start a women's league right you have actually started putting the pieces in place in terms of like researching connecting with people who can help you get there like what have you been doing to put that play in motion because thinking about it is different from actually taking actions which you've done to mm-hmm. put the pieces in place you know what I'm saying right um, and so I took, I told myself that I was going to take the entire summer off just to be like regular. And so since we stopped talking, like with the program, um, I haven't done any like physical research, but I've been paying attention and just observing. So, um, there is this men's league where all the pros come back and who, and so they tried to launch a women's league. And so I kind of looked at, you know, what they cost and how often do they play and how consistent do people show up and then there's another league that I play in but it's just kind of like comparing and just like observing the differences between what I've seen and what I think will work and just kind of comparing and bouncing off ideas so then when the dust settles then I can start reaching out to people and just kind of like putting it all together Mm -hmm. No, that's good. That's good. Yeah, please keep me posted on that. You know where to find me. Like if you need support oh, yeah. with that or we need to connect with other people because I know that that's something that, I mean, I'm preaching to the choir here, but that, that can make a world of difference. And I think you're the mm-hmm. perfect person to lead it and to make something like that happen because you already have the skill set and the connections to get that in motion. 
Right. Um, oh, sorry. Go ahead. Were you going to say something? Uh-uh. Oh, okay. <laughs> uh, I don't want to make sure. I don't want to cut you off or anything. But so for all the athletes tuning in, right, uh, mm -hmm. I think this would be a good time for you to give some advice, but also just a quick question. Like, would you recommend, and you kind of Sharon already answered the question, but I think that, you know, it can help a lot of people just to hear it directly. Like, would you recommend that someone work with a transition coach or find an organization like Athletes All or Thrive After Sports, someone who's looking to help athletes? Like, um, would you recommend it? And then if someone, <laughs> it's a two-part question, like if someone is afraid to get help, because you know, athletes mm -hmm. are afraid to look weak sometimes. Yeah. How do you recommend that they get past that and get the help that they need? Um, so for the first part, yes, I definitely recommend like a transition coach at some point because some, you know, some athletes don't stop until they're like 35, you know, 40 or whatever. I don't even know how old LeBron is, but, you know, it, it, I think we should eliminate it to when you say transition coach, I'm thinking like fresh out of fresh out of college, going into the real world. But like me, I I did this like five years later, and it's probably the best thing that's you know happened. So yes, everybody does need a transition coach because the fact that everybody's journey looks different is scary because you don't know what to compare to or what's normal. I guess you know. Um, and for the second part, I would just talk about it more. I, if I had any advice, it would just be to like talk about it more. I even told my brother about this. He's not ready to, but he's transitioning with school and things like that. But he didn't even know that was a thing. You know, I didn't know it was a thing. So I just think talking about it, a lot of people will be interested. And when they see the benefits of it, it'll just be a domino effect. Mm. Yeah. One, one. First of all, thank you for sharing that. But also one quick thing you brought up that I think is important is that, like you said, the transition isn't just, you know, I just graduated and walked across the stage or it's not just like I just retired yesterday from my career. Yeah, it could be years and years and years. A lot of times those are the majority of athletes I end up working with is because you kind of been not beat up, but you've been in the real world for a little bit and you have mm -hmm. the you've been out there long enough to be like, man, I'm not I need some help. Um, yeah you know, you get out of the bubble and you're trying to figure everything out on your own for a little while. It's only a matter of time before you go from being part of a team environment to like, man, mm -hmm. now I'm trying to figure everything out like a lone wolf. So. Yeah. And honestly, I think, cause I'm thinking about it from my like family perspective. Like I said, like my brother graduated high school last year, went to college at a four year university and then decided to come home and just get his basics, you know? So he transitioned just now. And so the transition coach not only helps the person doing it, but it helps the family too, because then there's an ally to help other people understand. Like my parents didn't understand why my brother was in a bad mood all the time. And so me going through the program and then seeing some of the things that he's going through, I can tell my parents like, Hey, like this is, this is going on. You know, like it's hard. Some people think sports are black and white, but it's a lot to it. So I just feel like transitional coaching is needed, not just for athletes, maybe even for like parents. Like some parents don't understand what all goes into athletics. Mm -hmm. Wow, that's, um, I think that's a beautiful thing that you're able to help out 
your brother and help your parents understand what your brother is going through. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's huge. And you know what, that I actually, that was my last question. I wanted to ask you like advice to athletes who are in the midst of the transition, trying to figure out the next steps. Um, what can you share with those athletes who may be tuning in? What do you want to share with them right now? I would just say to somehow find a way to understand your drive. So what I said earlier, like I'm, I'm always at a high motor. Like if I didn't make the conscious effort to just like, even though it's a hard decision, if I didn't make the conscious effort to not coach next year, I would be buried in summer workouts and tired and stressed all the time, but I can do it. Like nobody tells us when to stop or how to stop. And so I would, my advice to other athletes would just be like, understand yourself to the point where you understand when to give yourself a break or when to reach out for help and just figure out there are other parts of yourself that you haven't figured out yet. Like, I know as athletes, we think that, okay, well, if I can do, if I can juggle all these things, I can, you know, make myself successful. I'm pretty solid, but there's so much inner work that we need to do as athletes, but we don't talk about it. And so I would just say, be open, understand yourself, take breaks and rest mentally and physically. And it is okay to just be still sometimes. Wow. That was a mic drop moment right there. Like that's when you get to standing. <laughs> oh, you just walk off stage. Just, ah. uh, that was fire. That was really good. Um, as you were talking, I'm like, man, I'm gonna make some good clips out of this. That's some, people need to yeah. hear that message. No, nah, that was honestly fire. like, I'm gonna add on to it, but I feel like because athletes run at such a high motor, people almost expect you to always be like that. And so that's something else I've learned recently is like, when you start to slow down and just kind of mellow out a little bit, people start to look at you like, well, why aren't you doing this? Why aren't you doing that? I'm tired. Like, <laughs> I can't, <laughs> I can't work at that speed all the time. Like, I'm tired. <laughs> the way you said that, I'm like, I'm tired. <laughs> yeah, because we don't, like you said, we don't show a lot of weaknesses. So, like, right. people expect us to handle everything, but sometimes you just can't. And that's okay. Mm, man, perfect way for us to close out, eh, Breezy? That was good. That was um some some really strong words of wisdom at the end right there. Um, but I mean, the floor is yours. I want to give you your acknowledgments, of course, before we close out. But before <laughs> we do that, any any like um any like the floor is yours. Anything else that's on your heart that you want to share for the people tuning in? And then also, please tell people how to like get in touch with you and follow you if they mm-hmm. want to tap in and follow the journey uh I don't have anything else to say I would just say that the being still even though I'm telling people to be still like it is very very hard and I have to tell myself like it's okay that things are hard because as athletes we work so that things are easy and so now that things are hard it's like man like I just gotta sit through this and it is so hard but I'm just trying to take what you've taught me and just kind of be patient and just be okay. Oh, and as far as uh, getting in contact with me, let's see. I don't even get on these socials, but. <laughs> you don't have to, just in case, you know, if people want to follow you or 
I mean, you're not obligated to share anything. You know. Oh no, it's all good. Uh, so my Twitter is Aaliyah Nicole, so like the singer, A A L I Y A H N I K O L E. So that's my Twitter, and then my email. If anybody wants to reach out, is A N for Nicole B R O W one zero at gmail.com. Okay, perfect. And we'll have all that linked in the show notes as well. If you guys okay. want to tap in with Aaliyah or just reach out. Um, but hey, Breezy, man, I just want to say, first of all, thank you for allowing me to coach you, right? Of course. It, it does take two. Uh, I learned a lot of things that made me better as a coach and made me better for future people that I coach as well. So I want to thank you for the opportunity to work with you. Um, I'm super inspired by what you're up to, where you're going who you are as a person, not just what you do or what you're going to do Thank in the you. world. It was, it was an absolute pleasure. You know what I mean? Um, I try to be very intentional about who I work with. I realize not everybody's a good fit, but from the get go, yeah. I could tell that we had a great, a great thing going. And um, like I said, I really just respect who you are as a human being. And I'm excited just to know you like, Hey, just don't forget about the little people. You know what I'm saying? When, oh, I could never do that. It... <laughs> <laughs> but no, it was an awesome time. And um Thank you, not only for that, but thank you for coming on here today, because through your your story and through some of the, not some, but all the gems that you dropped, you're going to help a lot of people. So I do appreciate you taking some time today. It means a lot. Oh, yeah. No problem at all. Anytime. Like, honestly, like, I don't get close to a lot of people. I don't let a lot of people in, but I respect you just as much as you respect me. Like, it's very easy to tell that you're a genuine person. And so, I, I you know, I'm going to always keep that around me. But if you need me for anything, I know I can reach out to you. And of course you can hit me at any time. Likewise, you know, I'm not hard to find. I know you're not hard to find either. No. Yeah. All right. Aaliyah, thank you again for doing this. Everybody, thank you for tuning in to another great episode of Thrive After Sports with Aaliyah Brown, AKA Breezy. Um, Folks, reach out if you need support, reach out to Aaliyah, reach out to me, reach out to Athlete Soul. We got your back. We want to help make the transition easier, one athlete at a time. All right, we'll see you next time. Thanks again, Aaliyah. No problem.